Well, good evening. Are we glad to be here? Praise the Lord. We had a good service this morning. and Let's keep it going tonight. And just make sure you cast all your cares upon the Lord and don't come in here distracted. And I believe the Lord will bless us. So let's praise Him tonight and worship Him. Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus, Lord. I thank you for this evening to come together, Lord. Lord God, I ask that you move through the congregation and through the camera tonight, Lord. Lord, I bless... Uh, pray that you bless the uh, message tonight, Lord God, and anoint the messenger. Lord God, I ask that you continue to work in our lives and change us and make us more effective in this world, Lord. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Spirit of God got to moving in that service, and I mean, he didn't even preach, and I mean, I looked over, and I seen that boy on his knees with his hands in there, and I seen his lips just, blah, 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 blah. I, I said, praise the Lord, he got it, amen, man, I'll tell you, this is not, there's, you're going to know when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, and everybody's different, I understand, everybody's not going to do what I did, I won't do what you did, but you're going to know you got it, because you're going to speak in an unknown tongue, the language is coming. That's for sure. There ain't no doubt about it. Somebody says, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit, but I don't speak in tongues. No, you have not. I hate to disappoint you. But this this is the evidence. It comes with the package. Amen. It's it's with the package, and it's a good thing. It ain't bad. It's good. Amen. And God wants his people to have it. If you're here tonight, you're not filled, you can get filled. If you're watching, you're not filled, you can get filled right where you are. The Lord can feel you instantly. You're sitting in front of a computer or a phone, wherever you're on the side of the road, He can feel you. But you gotta be hungry for it. And you gotta admit it's real and it's for you. Amen. And my struggle wasn't that. I knew it was. My struggle was just getting, you know, getting it, getting it. Cause I was told, you know, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. And some people were telling me that were, you know, trying to help me get it. We're doing it the wrong way. You know, they try to push it into you, smack it into you. And anybody, y'all, y'all been in any of them churches? <laughs> and you don't have to do any of that. You just, you can just lay hands on them. That's what Paul did. So he just laid hands on people and the Holy Spirit filled them. Amen. And that's the pattern in the Bible. And, you know, there was a preacher back years ago. Well, I ain't going to call him a preacher. He was kicking people. You remember the Todd Bentley? Who was it? Is that what it was? Kicking people, claiming it was the Holy Spirit and stuff. I thought somebody needs to smack him in the head. And let him get a dose of reality. That ain't the Holy Spirit. That'd be your flesh and you're crazy and you're being misled. 
Amen. But that's not how people get filled with the Holy Spirit. You just simply pray for people. And you don't have to be uh, forceful with people. Anybody ever been in them prayer lines where they try to push you down? When we started catching on and hearing the truth and realizing the Holy Spirit, that ain't the way God works. You know, now if somebody lays hands on you and the Spirit of God hits you and you go down, that's God. I've had that happen more than once. My wife and I were holding hands one night under a tent. And we were dried up and hungry and needing a touch of God. And the Lord touched us and both of us hit the ground. Didn't nobody touch us, catch us, no nothing. When I got up, I'm telling you, I couldn't even hardly stand up. I was wobbling around. The Holy Spirit was all over me. And I felt kind of like they were in that temple I was preaching about this morning. They couldn't stand. And I'll never forget that. And we need that at times. You need that at times. We need that refreshing. We need that refilling. I'm all for that. And I believe in laying hands on people, but the Holy Spirit is the one that does it. Amen. And, you know, we don't, God don't need our help. He just wants our cooperation. We're going to take up the tithes and offerings tonight. And thank you. And the, the ones watched through the internet, and if you're watching that gave us the offering to help with missions, God bless you. I pray God bless your house, bless your family, bless your children, your finances, and meet every need you have and give you more than enough. Amen. Because in the end, souls is going to be worth it for souls to be saved. So thank you for those that are helping to give for the mission's work to go to Africa. And again, pray for us for the trip that we're trying to plan that God will work all this out and get us there when he wants us there and that we can reach more souls because time is running out. Amen. Why would God send uh, two little country hicks, white people, to the backside of Africa? I don't know. I just know he opened the door. And we've seen him do great things there with people. And it's been it's been a boost to our faith. Sometimes it's good for us to go there because it revives us. It does something for us. It does something in us. And we come back with something more than what we left with. And we all need that. Look, preachers need it more than anybody. Because we get tired like everybody else. We get worn down at times. We get wearied, and we need a touch from God, so we need to let God have his way in our heart and in our lives. Any preacher that says, oh, I don't need that, don't listen to them. They need it. You need it. <laughs> we need it. Amen. So if you need something tonight, we're going to ask you to give. If you need a, to pray, you need to come for a minute, you want to come spend a minute in prayer, you're more than welcome to. Watching through the Internet, thank you for giving, and I pray that God will bless you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your power. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses from all sin. Lord, I ask that you would move in this place tonight, that you move through the internet, that you bless the givers tonight, God, that you would open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings upon them that they don't have room enough to receive. Just as your word says, those that are sick, that need healing, touch them right where they are. Lord, perform miracles tonight. Move through the camera. Touch people that are hurt and touch those that are sick. Those in this place tonight that may be dealing with health issues, heal them, touch them, restore them, God, to their health back, God, in Jesus' name. And we'll give you all the glory for it. And we thank you and we praise you. Amen and amen.
Come on, Miss Clymer. Make sure your microphone's on this time. 
Y'all remember last time she tried to get me about batteries? Well, it wasn't her batteries. She didn't have it on. <laughs> See, sometimes you women are wrong. <laughs> I better get out of here before I dig my hole. What is it? I better leave this for you for a backup. Yeah, I, it's just, I got it on this time. Bringing up my past. I mean... You know, I got the microphone now, and you don't, so it's a little dangerous, isn't it? It's the only time I can get him, isn't it? He cut his voice off to be able to get it, get him. Okay, let's go to let's pray first. Heavenly Father God, Lord, we come right now in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we pray and ask you to have your perfect way in here tonight. Lord God, that you would move by your power and by your Holy Spirit. God, we thank you for what you did this morning. God, but we also thank you for what you're going to do tonight because this morning is gone and we are here again tonight, Lord God, to worship you, to praise you, Lord, and for you to have your way in our hearts and in our lives. Bless those that are watching. Anoint the word of God that is coming forth tonight, move me out of the way that you would have your perfect will and that your words would be spoken, Lord God, as I yield myself to you, Lord God, tonight, that you would have your perfect way, Lord God. We pray and ask that you would remove every hindrance out of the way, Lord God, every hindrance in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that people would would be focused upon you, Lord God, and you alone. We plead the blood of Jesus over this body, Lord God, over these people, Lord God, over your people that are in this service this evening, Lord God. And we ask that you would have your perfect way in us and through us that we could be changed by your power. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's go to John chapter 8. Verse 32, I'm just going to read a couple of verses and then get right into the meat of the message. And you'll just have to bear with me in my nose. I know it, I still got these sinus issues and till the Lord comes, might keep them. I don't know. I don't, I don't want them, but <clears throat> John chapter 8, verse 32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Verse 36. And if the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Two verses. That's not where I'm stopping, but that's where we're going to stop in John. So what is the Bible telling us? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The truth is, Genesis to Revelation, it's all about Jesus. The truth is Jesus Christ. If you place your faith in him, if you are a sinner lost without Christ, admit that you are a sinner and that you need a Savior, and you go to Jesus, Lord, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I am lost without you. My life is a mess. I need you. 
I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I confess everything that I've done. Save me. Deliver me. You are free. You may not be free in every single thing in your whole life, but the power of the sin nature has been broken in that moment. Because that's what the Bible says. That's why Christ went to the cross. And Jesus is the truth. He will make you free. The Holy Spirit comes and dwells within your heart and your life and begins to work in you, to change you, to deliver you, to set you free, to sanctify you, and to put you in the sanctification process. You are justified and sanctified in that moment, but there's a process that we go through in this life. We all know it, that where we started when we were saved versus where we are today, there's a whole lot of change that took place to get us where we are, to be more like Jesus, to become mature spiritually, you know, being a baby in Christ or eating of the, of the meat. And we have the remedy, we have the answer, we have the step that everyone needs to take, and there's only one step to take. That is, put one foot forward, by faith in Jesus Christ, looking to him because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. He will finish what he started if we stay in the process, if we stay planted and rooted. And that's the problem. People don't want to go by the way of the cross or they don't want to stay in it. Okay, he has relieved my symptoms. I got this. Now I'm good to go. People want relief. They don't want redemption. People, especially maybe even during COVID, people wanted relief from it, but they didn't want redemption. They didn't want to be set free from their sin. They wanted the relief of their sins. We all know people like that in our life today. Pray for me, I'm going through this, and then you never see them again once that lifts. Once they get through that, then it's, they're on their merry way, and then while times are hard, they run to the Lord, and then they go back. It, it, they want relief from their symptoms. And that's why we as a body need to have discernment so we know what to tell people. We can identify when someone just wants relief or they want to repent. And I see that. I've seen it more and more. People want relief. And you can only get temporary relief. You know, that's what medicine does, over-the-counter medicine. You can, get, you can get some relief from your symptoms, but until you get maybe some anti antibiotics or steroids, you're not going to get over it. So until you get Jesus Christ, you repent of your life, your sin, the way that you're going life without Jesus and your need of a Savior, you're only going to get maybe a temporary relief from situations and circumstances that we cause ourselves. We cause them ourselves and claim we're a victim and we want somebody to fix it for us. The mentality of this world is awful today. It's promoting life without Jesus. What else are they promoting? You need therapy. You need to go to AA. You need celebrate recovery. Oh. But... Churches have that. And do you know what it is? Well, it's Christ-based. So is the Catholic Church. So is the Lutheran Church. 
so is whatever else churches down the road. Does that mean they're right? Well, does it? Well, I don't know. How come you don't know? Like Thomas said this morning, nobody in here is without excuse. You've all got a Bible. You've all got a phone, internet. You've all got a brain in your head, eyes on your face, ears, a mouth, a heart, the Holy Spirit that can teach you. Celebrate recovery is wrong. I don't care what church teaches it. Well, how can you say that? Have you ever investigated it? It's going to make some people mad. Therapy, it's the same thing as going to a therapist. Everybody now has a therapist. Why? Because they're not going to Jesus. Well, they need Jesus and a therapist. Really? Wow. Really? Well, Celebrate Recovery has 12 steps and biblical comparisons. Oh, well, that makes it okay because it uses the Bible. What Bible do they use? They use uh, the NIV and, a, and they also use a TEV. Today's English version, you know, because we got to water stuff down. You know, because if you can't text it, they can't speak. You can't, I mean, if you can't PPL people in NVM, I have to look up stuff sometimes when these kids at the Y text me. I'm like, what in the world is that? And I'll look it up. You know, they got an answer for it on the Internet. Michaela sometimes will text me, so I'm like, I'm not going to ask her because she's like, Mom, really? Google what it means, you too. I, I mean, if you can't talk in real sentences, you got to text it. That's why they text each other sitting there because they can't talk. Regardless, celebrate recovery is 12-step and biblical comparisons. Really, same thing as therapy. We go to a therapist so they can listen to our problems, and what do they do? Do they tell us how to get over them, or they say, let's dig deeper into that? Yeah, that's it. You know, that time that, um, whatever year it was, that I ended up in the hospital from trying to kill myself and overdose, and they, when I woke up, of course, I, I was hoping I was dead, and I wasn't, and I was really mad, and they had a sitter in my room. Oh, that made me really mad. I, I know you find that hard to believe that I'd be irate. I mean, I was, I was for one, I was out of my mind. And two, I, I was mad. So in order for me, and I don't, in my mind, going over this message, in my mind, trying to figure out why'd they do that? Why'd, that? why'd I have to do that? I'm thinking, well, I tried to murder myself, but I didn't murder anybody else. But anyway, I had to go to a psychiatrist after that in order to get out. It was one of the stipulations. Should have just went to jail. I'd been better off. Well, they send me to this therapist downtown Nashville, down the road from where I'm getting drugs. So every time I'd go there and she would ask me all of these things and all it would do, I could not wait to get out of there to go get drugs. So all that did was bring me back to the place where I was before I wanted to kill myself. Well, I wanted to kill myself because my, I was a lost sinner without Jesus and I was sick of my life. So let's talk about that all day instead of getting the answer. Forget about that. Let's talk about what's ahead. Jesus Christ, we're not looking back. We're looking to the prize. They can't help you. Well, if they'll give you these 12 steps and they read the Bible to you, well, why do we need the and? Why is it always Jesus and? Why is it 12 steps and? Why is it eight principles and? 
Did you know that Celebrate Recovery uses AA material? <gasps> it's in fine print on their website. But they use the Bible too. Okay. If you want to be willfully ignorant, then you go right ahead and be stupid. But for me, I'm going to know. Today, 2024, March of 2024, and the day that we live in, everybody has a therapist. Not everybody. People go to therapy. They're on antidepressants. And now that you're on that antidepressant, and because it's not working so great for you, you can take this other medicine that will help that medicine work because that medicine's not enough. So then when you go to your therapist, you can tell them that you're taking this antidepression medicine and this other medicine, and you've got 12 steps, and you've got eight principles, and you've got the Bible, and you need the therapist. When all you've got to do is admit that your life is a mess and your mind is messed up, and you need Jesus. Therapy, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday. You need some therapy? Come on in here. I'll give you some. I'll give you some therapy. Well, I need more than that. Well, you don't even come those three times. No wonder you need more. That's the problem. You want to ask those people. You can go to therapy all. You never miss a therapy session, but you miss church. That was me. You're right. You know what's... What's mean is letting somebody die and go to hell. It's letting somebody be deceived. That's mean. Love is saying, it's wrong. Well, how do you know it's wrong? Give me scripture. Glad you asked. I have prepared for you. Why therapy, 12 steps, 8 principles, and everything other than Jesus Christ is wrong. It's wrong? I mean, can I do it? And do you have scripture for that? No, you do not. How about, let's take, for instance, the demoniac. When Jesus went over to the other side where he is, the demoniac is, he's naked, he's chained and breaking chains. Because he's. you've seen it on TV when those people are bound by alcohol and drugs and the cops try to get them, it takes, it takes 254, 250 pound men to tackle somebody who's on drugs after they've tased him two or three times to get him on the ground because there's spirits behind it. He's, he's unclothed all by himself, cutting himself with rocks. He's out of his mind, and Jesus goes to the other side and says, Be made free in the name of Jesus. And instantly, he is clothed in his right mind and wanting to follow Jesus. How many steps did it take? Where was his therapist? Where was his antidepressant medicine? Why didn't they give him something? Poor guy was out of his mind. Somebody should have took him to the doctor. Well, the doctor came to him. The great physician came to him. These programs want you to admit that we're powerless over our addictions and compulsive behaviors, that our lives have become unmanageable. That's right, I've got OCD and ADD and ADHD and everything in between and other than that that they've named. Jesus can help you with all that. Amen. And their Bible, the NIV, compared to the King James Version, 
is not that bad. But they, they change words. This is what they want you to do. They use Romans 7 and 18. I know that nothing good lives in me, and that is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. King James says, For I know in me that is in my flesh dwells no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. They need some power. Where does the power come from? But you, as in Acts says, you shall receive power. When? How am I going to get the power? The Holy Ghost. You need, number one, to be saved, and you need to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. They also teach that we came to believe, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. I mean, can I just roll my eyes for a minute? And we're going to put this in our churches. And they say that you go by, what do they say? They say that you have to go by their, their curriculum. Do they have a curriculum? 25 books, including journals and DVDs. So we want Jesus and 25 other pieces of material. Because you know the blood of Jesus just, I mean, it just wasn't enough. Oh, where's your scripture for that? Everybody wants an easy way out. They don't want to admit they're wrong. Because we want to blame everybody. I got mad because of you. I'm crazy because of my spouse. Oh, these kids are driving me. I got to have some medicine. I got to have medicine to deal with this husband. I got to have medicine to deal with these kids. I got to have a drink. It just relaxes me. Just one. We can turn to everything under the sun except because we want relief from the symptoms that we have caused by our choices. Choose Jesus. You won't have any. The symptoms that you have can be dried up. Maybe not all at once. Drinking, drugging, smoking, cussing, envy, jealousy, strife. What about those things? What do they do with those? What are those in the 12 steps? You have to follow their way. Well, you have to be accountable to Christ. See, I told you, they, they say you have to be accountable to Christ. Oh, wait, let's finish the sentence. And the church... Oh, we're going to get them in the church because we got this program in the church. Church of God, a few Baptists around our area. There's like seven, six or seven places, churches around our area that have Celebrate Recovery, which is the same thing as AA. Hey, I went to, been to AA meetings too. Get a DUI where you got to go, AA. You got to pay a fine. It's all about the money. And then you got to go to AA. And sit there and tell everybody how you're an alcoholic. Or you're recovering now. Oh, we're going to celebrate our recovery because, you know, it takes 12 steps, 8 principles, and this program with 25 books, journals, and DVDs to get you through it, to get you set free. But they don't even use set free. This is the world system. 
And we don't know what to tell people when they come to us with a problem. You know why? Because this is being pushed down our throats. We're not giving them Jesus. Are we afraid that we're going to offend them? Save your money. Give it to the church. Quit giving it to, to the therapist or to celebrate recovery. I don't know that they have to pay to go there, but I'm, there's got to be some kind of something attached to it. It draws people in. We came to believe that a power greater than ours could restore us to sanity. What power is that? Why can't we just say Jesus? Higher power. Because we can't say the name of Jesus? Are we afraid of the name of Jesus? Are we embarrassed? Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. The Holy Spirit within us that changes us is what gives us that desire to do his word. Their Bible says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. So I don't have to do anything. Then we got those people like the lady that was mentioned prior. I don't have to do anything. He'll just do it all in me. So I'm just going to lay here and what, soak it all up? And I don't have to step out in faith, exercise my faith. I don't have to submit to God, resist the devil, and he might flee. Draw nigh unto God, draw near to him. Where's all these things that require obedience, sacrifice? Where's our relationship with Jesus in this? We just speak, a, we, we, we skip around Jesus and just talk about a higher power. We can't even mention the name of Jesus. We made a decision to turn our lives and our wills over to the care of God. That sounds so sweet, so loving. What about when Jesus went in there and turned the tables over on those people that were outside the temple? How sweet was that? Well, I mean, that was Jesus. Are we following Jesus and his example? Because he was not happy. He was not happy with them. He wouldn't say, I love you guys. He was mad, angry, and sinned not. He was not happy and pleased with them. They say, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship, Romans 12 and 1. Romans 12 and 1 in the King James says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It is your responsibility to yield yourself to Jesus Christ, submit your life to him, lay down everything that you are, who you are, what you want, your will for his. Know that you are the temple of God was spoken this morning. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. You are the temple of God. God dwells in you. He uses men and women, boys and girls, to speak to other people to get his gospel out. He's not standing here, right here, preaching to you, but he's within us, preaching through us, using us. He uses people. Yes, he speaks to us by his spirit, but he doesn't stand here every Sunday morning and Wednesday within him, his form in the flesh, and preach to you. Or even where you can't see him, but you can he just hear his voice. We all don't sit here and just listen for a, 
audible voice to come. He uses people. We are to yield ourselves, vessels willing to be used. It means no longer my will, but thy will be done. But when you submit yourselves to God, when you, when you say, when you say, God, I don't want this in my life. I'm unhappy with where I am. I want to draw closer to you. Lord, do a work in me. Use me. He's going to require something of you. The more you know, the more that is required. The grace demands much more than the Ten Commandments the law ever did. The, one of the Ten Commandments is you should not commit, you do not commit adultery, but, the, but Jesus came and grace says, don't even look at a woman or a man as to lust after them because it is adultery. Don't hate your brother or anyone for that matter, not just a brother because we would take that and run with it. Well, they're not saved, so I can hate them. That's not, you're not supposed to have hatred in your heart. Do situations arise that cause us to hate? You better believe it. But when we get to that place and we find ourselves, God, I find myself, I hate this. I'm hating. God already knows. You can't, I'm hiding that in my heart from him. You can't hide your heart's really kind of in the middle, isn't it? You're hiding that in our heart. He sees it already. The best thing to do is say, God, I... I I feel like I hate this person, and I don't want to. I'm not supposed to, but I can't in my own forgive them or not hate them or dislike them so bad that I feel like I hate them. We've all found ourselves in that situation, right? I mean, nobody but me? Wow. Y'all, maybe y'all should all be up here. No, that doesn't qualify you for that. But we've all found ourselves in a situation where we, I mean, when somebody does something really bad to you or wrong or, or to someone else, someone you love or, or <laughs> any of that, we can find ourselves feeling like, for me, I found myself in a situation, I thought, I, saying, Lord, I feel like I hate, I'm hating someone. And I don't want to, and I know I'm not supposed to, but I, and I'm not sure that I hate them. I mean, I don't want to kill them or anything. I mean, if I was in the right situation, you know, with the sun and the moon, where I mean, I don't feel like I, I want to kill them, but I feel like I don't like them very strongly, like a 10. You know, and I don't want to hate God, and I can't, I can't stop. I can't, I can't make this go away. It's going to take your power, your spirit, you going to have to do something with this person right here because I can't. And that's in any situation that we find ourselves in. Admitting, finding ourselves admitting that we are wrong and asking God to forgive us for feeling that way or acting that out. Forgive us for not looking to him to fix that issue. It is. It's not. It doesn't matter what anybody else does. We cannot stand before the Lord and point our finger at them. And sometimes we're in a situation where, where that's not even we want to do that. But we find ourselves somewhere where we have a situation and we we we're powerless. 
and God's going to use that to teach us something. So we made a decision to turn our our lives and our wills over to the care of God. Another one that they say is actually number four. They say, we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Some people are going to go, what? You do what? We made a searching and fearless. Look at the, the adjectives they use to describe moral inventory of ourselves. What you're saying is I realize I, I am what I am. I realize that I'm, that I'm hooked on drugs. I realize that I'm... And this, this program deals with drugs, alcohol, sexual things. And it even has something for the kids, ages 5 to 13. Because, you know, we got to draw them in, too. And their Bible says... In Lamentations 3, 4, let us, examine, let us examine our ways and test them, and let us return to the Lord. King, King James Version says, let us search and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. The purpose of affliction is to cause us to turn to God. You know, God doesn't put things on us to hurt or harm us, but he allows situations and circumstances, even in sinners' life, to cause them to cry out to him. He wants to save whosoever would call upon the name of the Lord. Have we turned to other things? What is the object of our faith? What are we trusting in? Medicine, therapy, a program, anything and Jesus Christ. There's no scripture for that. He doesn't say, trust in me and... In Psalms 107 and 2, it says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. That's what he wants to do. He wants to redeem these folks. Well, they'll come around to it. Right. They came to believe. We're going to convince them that coming to this church and participating in 12 steps with eight principles will cause them to admit that there is a higher power and that we need that higher power to stay free. Did you know they also have coins and chips? And do you also know they have a ceremony to receive those? You've got to be kidding me. And Church of God is doing this, and we're promoting it. Not only that, but guess what? Instead of church on Sunday night, we're going to give y'all some chips and coins. We're going to have a ceremony. Oh, we have praise and worship. We also have some chips and coins for those who have um, made some milestones in their 12 steps. Golly gee whiz. Because, you know, it can't just be Jesus because people won't come. If I had to go to a Celebrate Recovery at a church as a sinner, I'm going to know that all those people in there are saved, and they all going to know I'm not. They all going to know that I've either been dealing, dealing with drugs, alcohol, pornography, other sexual sins, gambling. What else do they say they deal with? All they going to know, all those saints going to know that all these sinners got some struggles in their life. You think I want to walk into a room 
My name is Melissa, and I have a gambling problem. And I'm here to take these 12 steps and hopefully get a coin or a chip and get through it and to recover. Jesus said, I came and died on the cross that you can receive salvation, deliverance, healing, all of that in one step of faith, one time. Shame on the churches. Shame on the churches for sending people, and they have on-staff therapists. And I bet their insurance pays for it. Could you imagine? I don't know that. I'm just making that up. I think mine paid for it when I went. I don't remember. I mean, you know I didn't pay for it. I wasn't going to spend $20, $40 on a therapist when I could spend $20, $40 on some drugs. I mean, let's get real. What are we teaching people? What about in verse 6 of Psalms 107? Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distress. We're not teaching people how to be set free. We're not teaching people how to live a victorious life. We just want to fill up our churches and have programs and get grants and and. This is what we want. We don't really care about people. If we did, we'd tell them, you don't need those coins and chips. So every time I look in my pocket and I pull out that chip, I'm going to remember what I had to do to get that chip. It ain't going to bring me to Jesus. It ain't going to make me say, oh, thank you, Jesus, for setting me free. It's going to say, I got nine more meetings, and I'll get a chip instead of a coin. I got five coins this week. We got ceremony tonight. I mean, what is the wrong with the church? They don't believe it. They don't experience. They don't trust it, and they don't know it. He sent redemption unto his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and reverent is his name. We are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We're no longer an addict. I'm no longer addicted. I'm no longer an alcoholic. I'm no longer any of that. And there is no, the generational curse is a hogwash. The generational curse is to anyone who doesn't know Jesus Christ because they won't teach their children and then their children won't teach their children and then those children won't teach their children. That's the curse. The curse is anyone who... You're cursed because you don't know Jesus. Why would you be blessed? Do you love it when sinners say, I'm, I'm blessed? You're blessed. You, you, you're blessed because you're still breathing and you have a chance to accept Jesus Christ, to turn from your wicked ways. He came to redeem us. Why aren't we teaching that? Well, we are. Why aren't they teaching that? That's what you need to be giving everybody outside these doors when they tell you they take medicine. Have you ever tried to? Tell somebody that's taking anti-depression medicine. I'm not saying stop taking medicine. That Some people don't have something going on that they need medicine for. It's not it at all. I'm talking about in, instead of taking things to Jesus, instead of taking your problems to the Lord, it's just easier to get relief of the symptom to take a pill. 
or to go to a therapist and talk about it. If that therapist isn't saying, stop, we're not talking about what all that mess. We don't need to dive into your childhood. We don't need to dive into your, your spouse. We need to talk about Jesus Christ. Look, I got, I got a verse right here for you this week. Christian counseling. You shouldn't need 15 sessions. You should only need maybe two. Is there anything wrong with going to your pastor and asking him to help you, to counsel you, or, or premarital counseling, or anything of that sort? No, but if they're not taking you to Jesus and Jesus alone, you're not, it's not of God. Then what is it? It's of the devil, plain and simple. If you wouldn't go to an AA meeting, then you better not send them to celebrate recovery. It's the same thing with another name, and they use the same materials, but they've added a little bit of Jesus to it or a little higher power so they can bring it into the church. Well, you might as well feed them hot dogs and hamburgers every Sunday night. Instead, you might actually get somebody saved. Do your praise and worship. Give them a hot dog instead of a chip or hot dogs and chips. Instead of a coin, give them some, some food, but you better put the preaching first and then feed them. Right. Feed them spiritually and then give them a hot dog and some potato chips. We got it so mixed up today. We were bought with the price, the blood of Jesus. We, Their fifth one is we admitted to God our, and to ourselves we admitted to God, to ourselves, and another human, be human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Because you know we can't admit that it was sin. 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 Well, what do sinners do? They sin. They can't stop. Why? They living for the devil. I know it sounds so harsh to tell somebody they're living for the devil, but they are. You can't tell them that. You just need to tell them there's a higher power and that they've just done some wrong things. You've made, you've made bad choices. You've made bad choices because you're influenced by the devil and his demons. We admitted to God, God, because we won't use the name of Jesus, to and to ourselves, self, self in the mirror, you did something wrong. Now i got to go tell another human being, Billy, this is what I did today. I drank a fifth of whiskey. What do you think Billy's going to say? You mean Jesus. Our wrong, we can't just say, God, I'm in need of a, I'm a sinner lost without you. I'm in need of a Savior. They use James... 516a, they use 516a because they use the first, first part of verse 16, not the whole verse. So they say, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. King James says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Admit fault toward one another. The verses before and after this are talking about sickness. Call for the elders. If there's any sick among you, call for the elders of the church that, that the prayer of faith may save the, save the sinner. What is it? And heal. 
among, uh, any sick among you, call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil. Where's that part? In the name of the Lord and that the Lord would heal them. Believing. That's what it's talking about. But we're going to go around and tell everybody what they want to know what you did this week. You know, I lied in AA. I wasn't going to tell them how much I drank that week or before I walked in the door. Are you crazy? They're going to think I'm crazy. Well, well, hello, you're in AA. They know you're crazy. Because you're not at church. You're in AA. You're crazy. We're crazy before we met Jesus. Before we surrendered to him, we're crazy. You don't need to confess your sins to me. You don't need to tell me what you did. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. God says to, the Bible tells us to confess our sins to him. The next one they use is we are entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of our of character. Are we defective all right? And there's a no refund policy and a no return. Your defect is gone. Sin. Adam and Eve, thank you. Well, you know Eve did that because of the serpent, and Adam did it because of Eve, and we all going to blame somebody else. No, it's you. It's you, it's you. Look in the mirror, that's your problem. And we do have defects in our character. It's called sin nature. It's our fault. It's our choices. You are held responsible you are, no matter how old you are, except for the littles that don't know, as an adult or a teenager that knows or a young person, I just used Michaela, at a young age, she was held accountable a lot younger because she knew, she heard. You know, once you tell your child, no, uh, don't steal that bubble gum from the store, the next time they do it, they know they did wrong. Our choices. The devil made me do it. But the devil's not going to pay the price that you're going to pay. We want to say the devil made me do it, so I'm not guilty. It was the devil. I just want relief of the symptoms I have caused. You know, there's consequences to sin. There's consequences to sin. Nobody likes to hear that, especially when they've done something and they're reaping the consequences of it. And... Sometimes it's things that mom and daddy can't fix. And sometimes it's things that never go away. But you can always receive forgiveness. But the consequences, once you've murdered somebody, you've murdered them. You'll never bring them back to life. I mean, there could be a miracle and God could bring them back to life. But that act... And you will live with that the rest of your life. Will it affect you the rest of life? To a degree, but it won't hold you in bondage. So your consequences don't have to hold you in bondage. You can still live a victorious life regardless of what has been done in your past. But there are going to be hard times down the road because of the choices that you made that causes these consequences that never go away. And it doesn't just affect you. I used to, when I was a teenager, used to think, I, used to, I probably said it to my parents, me doing drugs doesn't hurt you. Oh, did it hurt them? 
Oh, yeah, you know it did. Way worse probably than it hurt me at that moment, not in the, in the long run, and I'm sure they still have, what is it, PTSD or what? <laughs> from all the things I did to them. But your actions affect others. Whatever I do is going to affect Thomas and ultimately Michaela. What the decisions that Alta makes are going to affect her parents and her children. Same for everybody else. Roger, you're not excluded because you're single. Your decisions would affect your mother, affect us possibly. You know, it affects other people. But we don't think about anybody else because, you know, life is all about me. And I'm the victim. We have a victim mentality. It was because of what my parents did. And that generational curse was broken at the cross. If you'll just believe in Jesus Christ, my kids aren't cursed because of a generational curse. That's another excuse that we use to continue in sin, thinking that grace will abound. God forbid. God forbid. God says, no, it won't. No. You know. You know. Jesus Christ has come to set you free. You don't have to be in bondage to anything or anyone any longer. You can be made free. Who the Son sets free, they are free. You don't have to get a coin or a chip or go to a certain ceremony or to do 12 steps, 3 steps, 2 steps. You don't have to do any of it. All you have to do is trust and believe in Jesus Christ and he will make you free. I, you, I am living proof. What program did you go through? I started in Genesis and I ended up in Revelation. How'd you get free? from crack cocaine and alcohol and drugs and a, an ugly mouth and a temper and a cigarettes and cussing. Did I say all that already? And being mean and hateful and fighting and fist fighting and going to the bar. You mean, name it all, be here all night. How did I get free, Jesus Christ? I said, I can't do it anymore. God, I need, if you are real, if you are there and you'll take me, Lord God, forgive me. Take me and clean me up. Do whatever you got to do. Never even thought in that moment, thinking back, in that moment, I never thought, okay, God, I got all of these things on this list that I'm going to need you to help me with because I've got some wrong things in my defective character that I'm going to list here, and then I'm going to tell Karen all about them, and we together are going to go through these steps, and you're going to give me a couple coins. And let me know that I have come through them. No. All I knew is that I was addicted to drugs and I could not stop. Even though I'd tell everybody I can do it when I want to, I could. And I knew deep down I could not stop. When you're addicted, you're addicted. You can stop for a little while. But once that paycheck hit, boy, I'm, I'm gone. Money talks. It's talking to me. Humble, your, humble yourselves, therefore, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up, is what they give you, James chapter 10. King James, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. That's right after verses 7 and 8. What does it say? I think I already quoted some of it. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. 
Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. That was one of our memory verses when we went to that other church. We were in that discipleship class. That was a good class. I'm telling you what, I still remember most of those memory verses. If you gave me the... the I can, sometimes I can give you the verse and sometimes I can give you the... I can just say the verse and sometimes I need the, the name. But we, we learned so much. And we didn't even realize at the time what we were learning. But that class was very beneficial to us at the time and even later. So we need to first submit yourself to God. Resist. When you submit to God, you're saying, I trust in Jesus Christ. Power of the Holy Spirit works in your life. Gives you power to say yes to Jesus, which in turn will say no to the things of the world or the devil. And he will flee. He's like, um, draw near to God. We don't, oh, I just want some relief down here. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It says you've got to step out in faith. God says come to the altar and say, well, you can come back here. That's us. You can come back here. If you really want to do something, you can come back here. That's right, because we're going to tell God what to do. Forgot we were in charge. Totally slipped my mind. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You're double-minded, and they are double-minded. Twelve steps in. Number seven, we humbly ask him to remove all of our shortcomings because you know we got just shortcomings because we don't want to call it sin. If we confess our sins, 1 John 1 and 9, this was another one that we memorized. He is faithful and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Don't you just love their sweet terminology? King James says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. They left that part out. To forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. Purify, which is cleanse, but they've changed it a little bit. From all unrighteousness. Number eight is we made a list of all persons we have harmed and became. We became. We became from a, what is it, a caterpillar to a butterfly? Is that the right Willing to make amends with them. I'm willing, Lord, to make amends with all those people I hurt. Do you, do you want me to make a list? I don't want to make a list because I don't want to rehash all that mess. What I'm going to do is say, Lord, if I've done something to somebody and I need to go to them in the next, automatically, automatically when you get saved, you automatically, people come to your mind and you cannot wait to get to them and tell them how sorry you are. Parents probably number one. Because you know you put some of your parents through some mess. I did. They use Luke 6 and 31. Do to others as you would have them do to you. King James. And as you would that men should do to you, you do also to them likewise. The golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That Really? So that, how we take that when we're in the world is, you know what they did to me? They fixing to get it. <laughs> they lied on me. I'm about to lie. Let me post this on them. And that's where we are. Social media, as I said before, in the last time I preached, has made a mess out of this world. Our, I, feel, I feel for our young people. 
And I tell Michaela all the time, and she's still young people, you, I hate it for you. I hate it for you. You know, when Facebook first came out, you had to be 13, I think, to get on there. And parents were lying for their kids' age so they could have a Facebook page. Why? I don't know that there's an age on it now. And then they got Snapchat, TikTok, and I don't know what else there is. But social media has made bullying, sexual sins. I mean, it has made a mess for our young people. And you have to relate that back to the teaching, the training up of a child in the way that they should go. There's your generational curse. You train a kid to commit evil, to follow your example, boozing, women, men. This one comes lived in with her kids, and they go out. What do you think the kid's going to do? Same thing. That's all okay. My daddy did it. My mama did it. You're training them in the way that they should go. You're training them all right. They're, they're watching you. They're listening to you. They're learning from you. We may direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to except when to do so would injure them or others. And they give Matthew 5.23 as their Bible verse, because, you know, they got to give a Bible verse, because then that makes it able to bring into the church. And, it's, and they use, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, remember that your brother has oft against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go your way first. Be reconciled to your brother and then come again and offer your gift. So you know that unforgiveness or somebody, you've done someone wrong, you need to make things right. And we shouldn't be waiting until we get to church. We should be taking care of that immediately. When you, you know, we go, we use... Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. It, it doesn't really mean anything anymore. It's almost just comes out like some people's cuss words come out when they hit their finger with a hammer. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you really sorry? Are you sorry? Are you repentful that you did that? Or are you just saying, I'm sorry to clear the air? Most of the time, we're just clearing the air. We continue to take personal inventory when we were wrong. Personal inventory. Get on my list. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was wrong because, you know, I don't have any sin. And promptly admit it. That goes back to the last verse. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. 1 Corinthians 10, 12. Wherefore, my Bible says, wherefore, let him who thinks he stand take heed lest he fall. Kind of a big difference there, right? There has no temptation you taken you except such as common to man. Another Bible verse we learned. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Ephesians 6 says, Be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. That's how you're going to make it through. Is it going to be easy? No. You're going to cry probably. But God's not going to put anything on you that you cannot bear means you cannot just bear up under kind of makes me think of maybe y'all don't can't relate to this but if you're doing if you're doing squats and you got to bear up underneath I don't do good at squats but you're doing squats and you got to bear up underneath that bar and you got to push it up and it's hard he's not going to put anything he's not going to put in too much weight on that bar for you 
He's going to say, you can do that. That's 200 pounds. You can do it. I can't do 200. I can't even do the bar. But he's not going to put too much on us that we can't bear. And I'm telling you, sometimes you think you come in and you're, you are broken down. And you're thinking, Lord, I, I can't and I don't want to do this anymore. It's too much. And he's like, I got you. you. Two more days and you'll be okay. You got this. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit is within you. And God's going to give you the power not to say escape mentality, but to help you to bear it, to get through it. The escape is looking to Jesus Christ. Focus in your joy, your peace is found in him. Then why do we lose it so quickly? Because we lose it. We move it. We sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and power to carry that out. And they use Colossians 3.16a. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And my Bible says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Bingo, wisdom. Genesis to Revelation. The word of God, wisdom and understanding, know the word. Why? Because it's an inspired word of God. It's his word. He said it. We read it. We believe it. We walk in it. We exercise it. We know it. We trust it. We believe it. We know it. We trust it. We believe it. We understand. We discern. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all richly. Oh, I want to be rich. Richly, abundantly. All that you can handle in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Sometimes you just got to sing your way through it. Sometimes the Lord will bring a song, a hymn, a song, which is songs, to your heart. When you're going through, I know that I can make it. I know that I can stand. I'm going to walk right out of this valley, lift my hands and praise the Lord. Look, it ain't all mountaintop. Look, 30 minutes before church starts, I'm in there crying. Roger's like, you want me to pray for you? I said, no. He's like, fine then. No, he, he didn't. He's like, <laughs> truth. Right, Roger, am I lying? I'm telling the truth. Well, what was going on? Wouldn't you like to know? Don't ask Roger. He ain't going to tell you. Don't tell him, Rog. So sometimes, but he, he did. Stood there and encouraged me, didn't you? He didn't just walk off. He didn't say, all right, then. He's like, he, he spoke some encouraging words to me. I dried it up. Got my Bible. Finished what I was reading. And came on. Oh, I was already here. Came on in here. Last one. I know you're saying, thank God. Having a spiritual experience as a result of, listen closely, having had a spiritual experience as a result of these steps. Twelve steps. As a result of these twelve steps, I've had a spiritual, spiritual, could have been a demon spirit, 
As a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to others, and we try and practice these principles in all our affairs. I didn't see Jesus in any of that. And then their scripture, Galatians 6 and 1 says, Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, oh, they mentioned sin just because it was in the Bible, you who are spiritual should restore them gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Now, the Bible does tell us some you got to pull out of the fire, right? you got to just, some people got, need a hard word. That was my kid. My kid need a hard word. I needed a hard word. I didn't need anything gently and softly and tenderly. No, no, what you're doing is going to, it's got defects in your character now. It was, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and then I'm going to receive you, but you better come out. You can't stay in that. No, no. Sin will not have dominion over you. You cannot continue in sin and think grace is going to abound. God forbid. Who's deceived you? Who? Let me tell you who. 25 pieces of curriculum, coins and chips, that's who's deceiving the world. The church. Christians. The Bible says, Brethren, if any man be overtaken in fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest also you be tempted. Spiritual restoration. Brother, sister, I see you're struggling here. Let me pray for you. Let me tell you what the Bible says. We don't have to tell anybody. We don't have to tell everybody and anybody our Sins. What if you're a Christian and you go to celebrate recovery? When you walk in, you're like, Did... Melissa's here at Celebrate Recovery. I wonder which one of these she did. I bet you, I know, I bet you it was that she's drinking. No, because we all do that. We just have a little wine for thy stomach's sake at night. I'm tired, let me rest, relax. That way I don't have to take my medicine. And my therapist said it'd be good for me. See how all that mingles together and where we end up? Why can't we just take it to Jesus? Why don't we? I would not walk in there if I was struggling with something. There's no way. Do you know what you would feel like walking into that? I know what I would feel like. You talking about condemnation? The devil would say, you fool. They're all looking at you. Now you got to tell them what you did. Now you're going to lie because you're not going to tell them the whole truth and nothing but the truth. It says, throughout this material, you will notice several references to the Christ-centered 12 steps. Our prayers that celebrate recovery will create a bridge to the millions of people who are familiar with the secular 12 steps. I acknowledge some of the material from the 12 suggested steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And in doing so, introduce them to the one and only true higher power. Of course, they do mention Jesus Christ, but they also say higher power, Jesus Christ. Once they begin that relationship, asking Christ into their hearts as their Lord, Jesus as their Lord and Savior, true healing and recovery can begin. That's a very small print at the very bottom. How come they don't start with that? 
You're a sinner lost without Christ. How about let me introduce you to the one who can set you free. But we're going to do this after and in very fine print. And this is large. This is like 14. And then that's probably, I don't know, 8. But they also do have to mention that it's 12 suggested steps from Alcoholics Anonymous. But I'm coming in here for a sexual sin. Why I need Alcoholics Anonymous? Matthew eleven twenty eight and 29 says, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the rock. Come unto me. You don't have to do 12 steps. You don't have to walk up 12 steps, down 12 steps. You don't have to get 10 coins, 5 coins, or any tips or ceremonies. You don't have to, do, you don't have to go through all their 25 curriculum books, journals, and programs, DVDs. You can just come to the rock, Christ Jesus. He says in Luke 9, 23, and he said unto them all, he said unto them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself my own power, my power, my willpower, my 12-step power, my coin tip, ceremonial AA power. Take up his cross daily and follow me. Faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Daily. It's not Jesus and. It's not 12 steps and. It's not celebrate anything except we're going to celebrate Jesus. John 3.16 sums it up. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. After 12 steps, you don't even need 12. Romans 3 and 24 and 25, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins, forgiveness, that are past, present, and future, I will add that, through the forbearance of God. Romans 6, 14, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Grace, unmerited favor, unearned, unstepped. You don't have to step up 12 steps, 10 steps, AA, NA, or 25 books. You don't have to ask the therapist. You, don't have, you can't even get it from medicine. It's not earned. It's divine influence. God has given you favor because you believe in him. Romans 10, 9 and 10, another memory verse we learned. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. God, forgive me. I'm a sinner lost without you. I need you. I believe that Christ came, 
that you sent him as your only begotten son. He died on the cross for my sins, and I am saved. That's it. That quick. What? Five seconds. You didn't need 12 steps. And right then, bam, sin nature, broken, alcohol, drugs, homosexuality, all of that, broken. 1 Corinthians 6 and 20, I've said it a hundred times, maybe not a hundred. For you are bought with a price, the cross, the blood of Jesus. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You are now God's. Therefore, my favorite one, and we learn this one too. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation, new creation, a new creature. All things passed away, dead and buried with Christ. Behold, all things have become new. Resurrection of Christ, I'm a new man. I'm a new man. Old man, bye-bye. Bye-bye, sinner. Hello, new man. All things are of God. Did I finish that sentence? Behold, all things become new. And all things, verse 18, are of God who has reconciled us to himself. He did it himself by and through Jesus Christ, who he gave so that we could get to God. You can't get to God but anyway, but by and through Jesus Christ. And has given us the ministry of reconciliation. God forbid that you give anybody any way except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Shame on you, church, for giving them 12 steps and coins and chips. You ought to be ashamed of your 25 curriculum. And I know people that go to churches that do that and participate in it. Why? I would leave that church in a heartbeat. I'd go to that pastor, whoever's over that, and whoever I look to, and I'd say, look, this is wrong. You show me scripture for it. And if you can't and you want to do it, then bye-bye. And then I'd shut my mouth and I'd leave there. Well, that's my home church. Bye-bye, home church. What else? They got small group. You can go to a mixed group. You can go to your own group. What group you want to go to now? What would you do this week? Oh, you got to go to the mixed group. You bad. You did all that? Oh, my. You going over there. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in this fleshly body, I'm living now. How am I living it? I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. And gave himself for me. In whom in Ephesians, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, all your wrongdoing, all your character flaws, all your no-nos. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin according to his riches and grace. Colossians 1 and 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. I mean, how many times we got to say it? Colossians 1, 20 and 22 are through. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him, I say whether they be things of the earth or things in heaven, and you who were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, sins, 
Yet now has he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death on the cross to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Because the blood of Jesus is applied to the doorpost of my heart, God does not see my sins. You know what? They were broken at Calvary when I said yes to Jesus, Titus 2.14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Sanctification. 1 Peter 1 and 18, I'm about to shut up. For as much as we know that we were not redeemed with corruptible things such as coins and chips, get it together, people. Silver and gold. Got a gold chip. Coin, rather. I don't know what the chips are. Probably like poker chips. That's all I need is a poker chip, right? Silver and gold from your vain conversations. And if you give them a silver or gold chip, you know they're going to pawn it. Anyway, that's how my mind thinks, though. See? That's exactly what I would do if I was lost. Be at the pawn shop. 20 minutes, they close. Come on, tie this 12 steps up. Let's get out of here. Anybody who don't want their coins, pass them on. Sorry. For your vain conversations received by the traditions from your fathers, but with the precious blood, you weren't redeemed by those coins. Coins don't do anything for you but remind you of how bad you were. What your bondage was, I got this at Celebrate Recovery. Can I point it? And then when you go in there, it's going to have Celebrate Recovery on it. You know they give you bronze probably. But, or something plated. But with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. He was a sacrificial lamb. The lamb of God who gave himself for us. That we don't have to go through all this mess. You just got to come to Calvary. You got to have somebody just to preach the gospel. How shall they hear if we don't tell them? The road to recovery is based on the Beatitudes, which is what this is your 12 Beatitudes. Why not just give them scripture? We got to have a program. And then you got to have all their, all their curriculum. Who's going to buy all that? That church provide that for them? Well, you bet. They also say living in a broken world, no one has the ability, nor should they, attempt to face their hurts on their own. The community, we're a community of strugglers. Get honest about your pain. It makes me want to throw up. It makes me mad. Can you tell? It makes me mad. Living in a broken world. Sinful world. Lost without Jesus is the problem. And the church wants to say, we helped you through that. You should not go through that. What would you do this week? It was Friday night and Saturday. I know good and well you was out there at the juke joint. You went to Cotton Eye Joe's, didn't you? You was two-stepping it. Somebody from church saw you while they was at the bar getting their liquor for the night. Mm-hmm. They told on you. Saw you with another woman. Living in a broken world, nobody has the ability, nor should they, attempt to face their hurts. Poor you. On their own. That's right. You need your sins dealt with at the cross. You shouldn't go through that alone. Nobody should, and nobody has to go through anything alone. His name is Jesus. He'll be with you in the middle of the night when you wake up with a bellyache. 
He'll be with you when you get tempted to go to the bar. He'll be with you when you get tempted to pick up those cigarettes. He'll be with you any time, day or night, because he's better than Santa Claus, because he sees you when you're sleeping, and he knows when you're awake. He also knows if you've been doing 12 steps or not. And I'm telling you, he ain't happy with that, and you ain't getting a gift if you're doing that. You're going to get something, but it's not what you think. He's not happy that. Why is not Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday enough? Well, we've replaced our Sunday night, and there's a church replaced their Sunday night with Celebrate Recovery. Everybody got your coins ready? We got newcomer, new strugglers coming. And now they have a place for the children. Celebration place is for kids to celebrate recovery, 5 and 13. I would pray to God my 5 to 13-year-old would not be needing celebrate recovery. Well, you know how people's lives are. Sin choices, lost without Jesus. Do you know how many grants are out there to help kids that are in homes that aren't what we think they should be? They don't have enough parents. You want to talk about generational curse? That's it, evidence. Life without Jesus. Giving them money to do all these extracurricular things in the world isn't going to make them better. We don't want them to miss out. Where Johnny over here, he gets to do all these things that the government pays for while Susie has to go home and just do her homework because her parents, and go to church because her parents don't have the money to put her in horseback riding, swimming lessons, and tumbling and buy her an iPad, a computer, laptop, all these other things. But they're special. Because their parents are lost without Jesus, and then little Susie, whose parents decide to go to church, you see where I'm going? What is wrong with the world? Life without Christ. And the church is going to put kids in a place. Don't worry about your kids. We're going to babysit them while you come. We'll do anything we can. Get you in here. Take these 12 steps. What do you get out of that? Small groups. Small groups? We got a small group tonight. Come to our small group. Well, what do y'all do for the kids? I'm glad you asked. Give them a chip. We got some Cheez-Its back there and some Capri Sun. They Kool-Aid. And we're going to teach them about Jesus. So they won't need celebration place. They're going to celebrate Jesus with the adults Sunday morning and Sunday night. What else do you need? Let me end with this one, and I promise I'm done. That went way, way long. For Christ sent me, no, y'all know this, for Christ sent me not to baptize but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them who perish foolishness, but unto us that are saved it is the power of God. The world doesn't want it, but I want it. You know why? Because when I'm hating somebody, I'm going to need a little space down here at the foot of the cross to ask God to help me to forgive and to take that out of me. When I'm struggling with whatever, when there's a temptation that's coming my way, when anything and everything, the people that are struggling with these, I had it on my phone, but I, I, don't, I don't have my phone with me. It's fine. People that, most of the people that go to this, I would, 
I would venture to say are unsaved. And I would say that those that are saved would be quite embarrassed to go to one of these programs. But on the second hand of that, I would say I've never been in these churches that do this, participate in it. There's probably nothing there to, anyway, they'd be fit right along with those because probably half of them are doing things that they're in there asking for help to get a coin for. And they got a chip. That blew, made me mad when I went on one of their websites and saw that they have a ceremony for that. In lieu of Sunday night service, we still going to do praise and worship. That way we can still call it church. You know how many people are going to come to that? If we had that on a Sunday night, we're going to do praise and worship. That way we get all those people to come, and then we're going to do the celebrate recovery. Instead of having preaching, we're going to do these 12 steps. I can only imagine what it's like. God forbid that the church does, continues on this path. If you would, stand to your feet. I'm not going to offer you a chip. I got some Cheez-Its back there and some Kool-Aid. If you really need a snack for coming to church, we'll reward you greatly for coming. There's enough back there for everybody to get one, and there's a variety pack. Not very many in there, but there's some. I got one taker. I'll write him. But I would offer you Jesus Christ, and for whatever you need, I'm not going to name all the things that people like they do, that you would need to come to that program for. But you don't need therapy. You don't need to take pills. Jesus wants you to come to him. And I'm not telling you to stop all the things that you're doing if you're doing any of that. But I am asking you to seek the Lord for what you are doing for your relief, for your remedy, and to be redeemed. He redeemed us, which means that we are a new creation in Jesus Christ. And these things that we learned tonight and we went over, we need to be given that. Our, our world is broken, for sure. But it's life without Christ is why it is in the situation. Politics. All of our government, our workplaces, our schools, our homes, not ours, our homes, our children, our churches, they're in the situation they're in because they're looking to other things besides Jesus Christ. So for this week, we need to recognize and admit that this is what we need. There's no other help for you that's going to fix what's wrong. What's wrong is that we're human. And there's a sin nature before salvation. And sometimes after salvation, we do things and cause, move our faith. We cause things to happen in our life that we begin to be ruled by that sin nature again. It raises its head. It, it comes back. We, we open the door to things and... We find ourselves doing things that we used to do or maybe something new, whatever it is that, that we don't want to, but we can't stop. We can't fix it. We can't do anything because we are helpless. In and of our own selves, we are. It takes the power of God to deliver a man. So, Grace, would you mind to just play a little bit of something? And if anybody 
wants to come to the altar, not for that you're doing anything wrong, like you're going to therapy, or maybe you are. I don't know. Taking medicine, drinking, any of that stuff, and, and not that anybody is. And, and if somebody steps out tonight and comes to the altar, I don't want anybody to think, oh, I bet they're on medicine, or I bet that you better not. You're the one that is in trouble if you think that. So if you would, if you have a need tonight, maybe, maybe you have, I don't know, maybe you have withheld this from someone who is participating in things that you know aren't right, but you couldn't find the words of the scripture or the, the evidence, I don't know, to give them what they need. They need Jesus. They, there's plenty of scriptures for healing, for deliverance, for whatever it is. So, I don't know, if you have a need tonight, maybe you are someone that just wanted to spend a few minutes with the Lord tonight at the altar. Maybe, I don't know, I mean, I told you I was had been struggling with something in my own life that I wanted, I knew that I didn't want to be that, I didn't want it to be that, but I had to ask the Lord to show me if that, is this what I'm feeling? Is this, is this, what is going on in me? I mean, what am I doing wrong in my, my, you know, I've come in here many times and said, Lord, I mean, I've repeated the sinner's prayer, not that I didn't think I was saved, but just in your mind, trying to get back to that feeling that you're free from anything and everything, that the weight is lifted, that you don't have anything in your life that you don't want there, if that makes sense. So if you have any needs tonight, maybe you need to be healed. Maybe, you know, and some of this was, some of these people get sick, as Thomas said, because of sins in their life. And I told you that the Word of God tells us that God doesn't put things on us to destroy us, but to draw us to Him. And then I'm thinking, Lord, I've had sinus issues for months. Oh, my gosh, is that, if I, if I got something that you're trying to, I mean, tell me what it is. You know, expose it to me. Tell me if I've got an issue. If there's something, Lord, is this is caused by that? Or maybe he's using it for disciplinary actions to keep me where I need to be. I don't know. I don't know. Is there sin in your life? I, no, I don't have anything now that I think that would be causing that, but if there is, and I don't know, God show me. So if you think that there's something in your life or you want to make sure your slate is clean before the Lord, take some time and come to the altar. Nobody here is going to think anything of it. They're going to think, wow, it takes a huge step of faith. It takes, it takes a step of faith to come out and go to the altar. It takes desperation. Lord, I'm desperate for you. I mean, many times we're desperate for a touch. So if you have a need, the altar is open for a few moments for anybody that wants to come and spend time with the Lord.
back when we first started our church, <clears throat> this church, and Michaela, we would have Michaela, she would participate in this service because, you know, she wanted to. They used to call her Little Miss Church Lady because she wanted to do everything. She'd take up the offering. She'd stand there with that offering plate until people would give. They'd get nervous, start digging around for something. They knew if she was coming around with that plate. It was kind of funny because but she'd stand there. But when the altar call was given, she'd be one of the first ones, most of the time, the first one to step out, just a little bitty thing. And she'd step out and I... And, it wouldn't, when she would step out, it seemed like people would wait, wait, wait. When she would step out, and then one by one, others would come. And I thought the Lord used her to help open the way for others to come. That they wouldn't feel bad being the only ones at the altar. Or maybe they said, well, she stepped out, you know. Nobody wants to be the first one. And then in other situations, people want to be the first one. But sometimes it only takes one step. And I don't. I don't know what she always went for. She just did it because that's just what she thought she should do. It doesn't matter. I would never tell a child that you couldn't go to the altar for any reason whatsoever. You don't need to go down there. What's wrong with your life? Any, anything. But sometimes all it takes is one step. And I can remember many times things going on in our lives and, and just needing the Lord to move. And I wanted to respond and all you remember is taking one step or sliding out of the pew. And that's all you can remember. And the next thing you know, you're at the altar just wailing. The Holy Spirit, the Lord wants to draw us. But sometimes he can touch you wherever you are. But sometimes he's not going to touch you until you step out. Because he wants you to say, I need you. And I can take that back to that time in July when we went to that revival and I don't remember Thomas probably does, I don't remember much of anything anymore remember what was preached that what was sung or what was preached because all I could think about as soon as he says it I'm, I, I gotta go and I all I can remember is being at the I can still remember being at that altar and saying I don't want to want to anymore and all that is all I remember and I was set free from crack and that was six months after we got saved I struggled I truly struggled with it there was a struggle I didn't want to do it anymore and we didn't know this message like we do now I just knew that it was going to take Jesus and I was free at that moment, there was no more desire to do it. Did the devil still tempt me? Of course he did. Did I still at times smell it, taste it, and want my heart would race at that moment? He still still did that. But God used that to show me I had to trust him every single moment of every single day or else I would go back. And that's what people that are in these programs, I feel sorry. And I'm mad and I feel sorry for people that are in bondage and want victory. And the church is withholding it from them. Just to keep them coming back. Shame on them. And there'll be a, a day of reckoning. 
for anyone and everyone who gives people anything other than and and Jesus and so I hope somebody was touched tonight let's just pray we hope you were blessed by the live service from Family Worship Center in Athens Tennessee our weekly services are Sunday at 10:30 a.m. Sunday at 5:30 p.m. and Wednesday evening at 6:30 p.m. Watch us live online at www.fwc-tn.com. You can also check us out on Facebook or YouTube. Family Worship Center is located at 250 County Road 378 in Athens, Tennessee. Send all correspondence to Family Worship Center, P.O. Box 118, Athens, Tennessee, 37303. For more information, you can call the church at 423-744-0774.